Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, we have on Dimitrik of the Bitcoin Podcast Network to talk about if cryptocurrency can be legal tender. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? Today is Friday, September 4th, 2020. And I just want to say that if everybody has been watching the prices, we're going to get into the prices here pretty soon. It is a bloodbath. It is absolutely horrifying out there right now. I hope everybody's staying safe. I hope you're not scared. We've seen this before. We have seen this before. If you guys were around 2017, then you know that on the way up, there has to be some downs. I mean, just imagine some of the FUD we got from 2017. China FUD. China's going to block all cryptocurrencies. NEO, Binance, and all those other companies that are based in China dropping like flies, only to come up and reemerge victorious. Well, maybe Binance, not NEO, but Binance for sure. So keep yourself together. This is going to be a wild ride, but this is what you signed up for in crypto, for daily doses of adrenaline. And now to the crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is at $10,443, down 2.9% from yesterday. Ethereum, 384.79, dipping below that $400 mark. I mean, just imagine, four days ago, we were kissing $500, but now we've dipped another 4% from yesterday. Litecoin, $50 even, down 6.2% from yesterday. Chainlink, $12.46, down 7.7% from yesterday. And XRP, 25.4 cents, down 2.3% from yesterday. Total market cap for all cryptocurrencies is $339.2 billion, with a Bitcoin dominance of 56.9%. Notice that Bitcoin dominance went up a little bit. When everybody's fearful, they go back into Bitcoin. As a reminder, Fridays is usually my long-form podcast, and today I welcome Dimitrik of the Bitcoin Podcast Network, somebody who's been in this space since 2012. He has been hodling for a long time gray hair to prove it and we're gonna have a discussion about mainstream adoption and legal tender what does that mean to be legal tender why does it even matter and basically we show how jaded we are of being in this space for the past couple years well him since 2012 and me since 2016 whatever we love it we're jaded but we still love it and just a quick disclaimer the opinions expressed in this conversation are my own and doesn't reflect decrypt.co Enjoy this conversation, and I'll see you after this conversation for some crypto news. D, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, man? It's good to be back. I knew you couldn't stay out of the game. Man, you can't I stay out of the game. You can't hold me down like like Puff Daddy. <laughs> can't nobody hold me down. I need. <laughs> I didn't know I'll be back, but hey, here I am. The crypto podcasting environment needs Matt Aaron back in the game. That's some sweet words, man. That's some sweet words. But you know what we're going to be talking about today is it's not not all about me, man. I know it's my show, but it's not about me. It's about it's about fiat money versus legal tender, my friend. That's very true. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the difference between fiat money and legal tender. Well, it's not much of a, a, a difference uh, between fiat money and legal tender. You know, they, they are one and the same. I think the specific words legal tender have more weight to it, though. Like fiat is just like, I don't know. I don't want to call it slang. It's a definite word, you know, but but nobody walks around on the street saying fiat money. I found. Right. Um, they're usually just like, you know, give me a dollar bill. Give me some dollars, you know, give me some whatever country I'm in. Give me some of that. Right. Um, some rupees. But but legal tender, I think, is specific, at least in the States, because that is like a legal sanctioned phrase right there. Legal tender. It means that you can give someone that form of money and you can distinguish a debt in the eyes of the law. And mm-hmm. right now, there's not a single cryptocurrency that falls underneath that definition, not even USDC. So I, I, got, I got a question for you, my man, because here, here's my here's my beef with this. It's like, why does the government even need to have to say that it is legal tender? Because if you have a debt out on somebody, if you're a bank, a company, a small business, an individual, and you say, I will take Bitcoin, I will take Ethereum or Litecoin or whatever, that you're, you can get paid, repaid with that. Why does it have to be legal tender? Because if it's not defined as legal tender, then you got a sleazebag lawyer that can slide in there and say, well, hey, you didn't even use money, right? Like that's, that's, it has to be that. If a contract's a contract, right? I mean, so, I mean, I honestly, I don't know anything about this. I don't know about the, the, the law about this, but Pornhub, just the other day, it says it takes Bitcoin and Litecoin. So they take Bitcoin and Litecoin, and th- that means they owe me a month of porn. Well, I didn't buy it, guys. I, I'm not buying porn, but let's just say I'm buying porn with my Litecoin, and they owe me a month of porn. They could just t- turn around and say, well, it's not legal tender. Go F off. I'm not giving you your month of porn. Is that what you're saying? It's it's another thing, too, that's important about legal tender is like, no, that is definitely a contract. And you could chase them down and try and get your crypto, I guess, if, if you owe, if you, if someone owes you crypto. And given, especially today, after crypto has been around as long as it has, you could definitely get your crypto back. But the, another part of legal tender that is really important is the, you know, being able to pay your taxes and your dues and all those things. And th- I think there's a state now. Where you can pay it it used to be Ohio, but they, they they shut that down a while ago. Nevertheless, I'm speaking from a place of like I've been, I guess, in the space since like 2012. I got in this space really naive, thinking that like, oh yeah, definitely Bitcoin's gonna be it. Like it's the new money. Money has evolved. We're in the future now. This is it. And now that it's been, it's I've seen it play out over like eight years. It's not it. There's so many layers involved to a new monetary standard, a new currency that I honestly don't think it's something that's like a light switch that turns off and on. I think it's just this slow, begrudging progression over time. And I think the same story plays over and over again, where there's some people that were committed to that new form of money, and they ended up being the ones that that come out on top, whereas everyone else is just so busy living that it just happens right underneath their nose. I want to state my position first before we go any further into this conversation. And I wanted to define two things because I think that we're combining two different things at this point. The first is the legality of of a currency within a government or within a state or within a nation. And, and the second of all is is mass adoption or adoption of, say, that set another currency or a way of payment, in this, in this case, Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies. So my position on both of those is I agree with your, your, with your, your point that you just made, that there is a 
evolution, a progression of trying to get things mass adopted. Bitcoin is not just going to flood the markets and we're going to be buying cappuccinos with Bitcoin all of a sudden. And that's just that's just not how it's going to work, nor Litecoin, nor any of these other ones. And I don't even know what the hell is going on with DeFi. You're not going to be taking out loans on houses on for houses on mass with DeFi anytime soon. <laughs> but then we're talking about making Bitcoin a legal tender or making it recognized by a government or a, a national or, or some sort of entity entity. And my position on that is who the hell cares? Because if people accept it, any way you look at it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if the government says, yes, that's something I want to call legal tender or not. And actually, that's the ethos of Bitcoin. That's the ethos of cryptocurrencies, at least from Satoshi's idea, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. You're right. I just think it's wrong. (laughs) I just, I think- What What do you mean wrong? I think that it- I used to think that way, but now I, I, I just don't. I think that like the greater populace needs something that's got that blessing from the government to commit to. And that's just the way it is. There's not a lot of people that feel totally comfortable without using money that doesn't have the, the, the blessing from from the government that they live on. I don't think that, that I don't think there's a lot of people like that. At least not here in the states. Maybe it's mm, okay. maybe it's different other places where like their government is so shit that they never use that currency. I mean, you know, there's examples of that. Like, uh, what is it in Pesa? Uh, I think in Zimbabwe. There's examples of that, but seeing this stuff be so slow to gain traction over time just leads me to believe that all it's all that's really going to happen is there's going to be some sort of crypto. That's got that government blessing. And that's the one that's going to be the most traded, the most used, the most the highest volume, the way to get in and out of other cryptos. That's a very good point because you you, you do make a good point. That was going to be low hanging fruit. I was going to start my, my attack with saying, well, what about Z- Zimbabwe? What about Venezuela? You know, the whole always what anybody <laughs> that's, that's trying to pr- propose cryptocurrency that anybody says. Well, what about those governments? What about socialism and scary, scary stuff? But yeah, you're right. You know, uh, I, I ran the other day, you know, actually just started saying, you know, Bitcoin. Yeah, we're going to we're going to start, you know, doubling down on this because of, you know, their their hate for the U.S. dollar. Venezuela, on the other hand, is, you know, trying to stop payment with Bitcoin and taking down those websites that have been trying to get money into the country to, you know, uh, support like education or healthcare or, or what have you. So yeah, those you have a very, very good points there. I will also say with those two points, though, if you have a government saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to start taking Bitcoin right now, that means they probably are using something like Cypher Trace or some sort of uh, a company that now knows exactly how it's working, who's getting what. And how to block it. So is it really different than fiat? Mm, that's a good question. The answer is probably no. I think, I think <laughs> the answer is no. I guess the whole reason I, I submitted the idea here of the path to legal tender is that it doesn't look as free as we loved it to be. Like Bitcoin, as it becomes more popular and yeah, it, it becomes used heavily, it starts to become a lot less free. And what I mean by free is you know, if we're just talking Bitcoin, if it becomes, right. you know, the money that everyone uses, well, then all of a sudden miners are like a government entity, like overnight. Right. O- overnight, there will be the Department of the Treasury will go into mining rigs in the U.S. and they would say, yeah, like all your rigs are ours now. And it's not because we want them. It's for your own public safety. Hey, you know, I didn't, I didn't even think about that, dude. That's, that's the way it goes. I mean, that's... Huh. 
But, you know, it doesn't cost a little bit of money. If you ever looked at a dollar, the whole whole reason I get is so every once in a while I look at dollar bills. I look at hundred dollar bills and I'm looking at all these numbers on there. And then I go and someone sent me like a graph or not a graph, but an infographic that shows what all the numbers mean. And I was like, that's a hell of a lot of money just in the infrastructure to keep track of, monitor and maintain that system. That's government sanctioned. Like that's a government entity that's doing all that. That it's not something that happened against our will. It's something that the people to collectively were like, yeah, we need that. We need that to be something that is taken care of. And if you if you go make Bitcoin legal tender and it becomes something that everyone can use freely and willfully, well, there's a lot of ugliness to that. So you're basically talking about the theme I think that we see in everything that we're saying today is psychological comfort from people. We need people to feel comfortable. And the government knows how to do that well. I think the government is the arbitrators of comfort, of of nice feelings, of butterflies and rainbows. No matter what the hell is going on, they're going to make you feel like there's a rainbow and a butterfly somewhere around. (laughs) Right? And so... So and so by taking Bitcoin and making it a legal tender per se, and you know taking your taking mining the responsibility of mining and putting under the the treasury or what have you, it's making people feel good. But is there? My question is: Is there actually any legal recourse that the people can make besides revolution, besides rising up against the Fed, rising up against the treasury, rising up against the any government? to go against uh, these policies that the government puts in. You, 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 know, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm asking? Because yeah, like, I, look, the, the US, US dollar is a legal tender, but I mean, we don't have any say in that. If the Bitcoin's a legal tender, we don't have any say in that. That's true. You're absolutely right. I, I don't think there's anything that the people can do besides like rise up, but I don't think a lot of people want to do that. Like you said, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's about the comfort. It's about the comfort and the security. And we could quote unquote vote. Even in, even in voting, we want to be comfortable too. That's why we have incumbents there for, for 20, 50 years and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, comfort and and security are, are really huge deals. And just for the average person, like we call them GPPs on our show. GPPs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, GPPs. Uh, it was it was a stupid. Well, co- my co-host and I were having a conversation and I said that like, man, some of this crypto stuff is way too deep for the average person. And then he goes, well, that's why we're trying to make it digestible for the general purpose person. And I was like, did you just call like, <laughs> did you just call somebody a general purpose person? And so, like, I don't know, our audience loved it, and they call themselves GPPs. Like, awesome. we're ignorant to a topic. Like, right now on DeFi, I'm a GPP because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, there's there's way too much going on there. I don't I don't want to touch it with a ten foot pole. Right, it doesn't even feel right. So I'm I'm the GPP when it comes to <laughs> I'm a general purpose person. But, bro, bro do, don't don't you feel old though? Like, do, like I sit around here going, like, I remember ICOs a simpler time in cryptocurrency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I feel like the Pepperidge Farm guy these days. <laughs> Every single day, I'm like, "What is sushi? What is, what is going on here?" I remember you had to do a, an old fashioned ICO scam back in my day. You, you had to you had to tokenize Lamborghinis. Now I know how people get to that point where they're like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a pile of money." And you turn it into more money, and I'm gonna give you a little slice. Like that's I'm, I'm almost what I want to do with this DeFi stuff, because people are like, "Oh, I just made thirty five percent in an hour," and I'm like, "Huh? Well, I, I don't want to go through the trouble that you did. I'll give you a pile of money, 
And you, <laughs> you know, you 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 go make me money, and then I'll give you a slice. You told us I said tokenizing Lamborghinis, dude. I actually had a guy on the show that was tokenizing Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I saw so much stuff during the ICO craze. People were tokenizing everything. They just hated hearing the bad news. I think somebody was tokenizing gold bars, and I was like. That's not going to work. And they came on my show and they were so sad. I was like, that's not going to work. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, that's, we've been dealing with the same problem since like World War One. What do you think? You're just going to fix it? If somebody wants the gold, they're just going to take it and it's theirs. They don't give a shit about a blockchain. Right. It <laughs> <laughs> was like, well, no, the blockchain's going to keep it, going to make sure who everybody knows whose it is. And I was like, bro, we got other countries gold right now sitting in Fort Knox. Right. I mean, like. <laughs> right. Like, like, D, let me ask you an honest question. If somebody get, who came into your house with a bar of gold and wanted to break you off a piece, and you would you check the blockchain to see if it was on the blockchain? No, I would you not. You shit. You just like, <laughs> give me that gold. Give me the gold, please. Like, you know, make sure you if, you, if you scan this QR code on the back of the gold, it's going to take you to where it is on the blockchain. No. <laughs> uh, that being said, I guess to not feel old, I guess if you can see any silver lining coming from the ICO boom and bust to now is that at least you have to have something finished before you submit it to the world and if it breaks or not like i'm talking about uh, i think that was uh yams just collapsed at least he had something that kind of worked like the ico craze was just like yo i'm tokenizing uh cumulonimbus clouds put your money in my project yo and everybody was just pouring money into everything with no software no anything being built just a white paper do you see uh crypto bobby's uh new uh DeFi project buffalo chicken wrap token what who's crypto no, bobby? i'm just fucking with you man oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> i believe it's believable yeah, <laughs> but we did get a little bit off topic. Oh no, to- totally off topic, totally off topic. And so my question, actually, to bring us back on topic that I've been looking at for the past five minutes since we were talking about DeFi projects and scams all, all over the place, is we're talking about mass adoption. We're talking about people using Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for their day to day life, and what does it look like in the eyes of, of a government? If it all's going to boil down to in the future, just looking like another fiat, looking like another government control, looking like a long road to mass adoption or in air quotes, mass adoptions, then what the hell are we doing in this space? Why the hell do we even care about this? Why are we even invested in Bitcoin? Why are we even looking at this shit? Does it even matter? I think it does matter. This is going to get philosophical, which, you know, I love philosophical conversations. Bro, bring it. Every generation needs its stick. Every generation needs that thing that they can have and own and feel like it's uniquely theirs that they contributed. It's just human nature. Nobody who's anybody wants to just walk around and be a jabroni. We gotta wait, have wait, wait, sorry. I have to, I'm sorry, man. You have to you have to define jabroni. What's a jabroni? Oh, what's a jabroni? A jabroni is somebody who's like they just don't do shit. Like kind of like what's her name? That that the UFC fighter, the chick who's like, I don't want to be a do nothing bitch. Ronda Rosie. Rosie yeah, Rosie. Yeah. But Rousey? Like, I think, yeah, Ronda Rousey. I think anybody who's a decent person wants to contribute to the greater good, whatever that is. It's so ethereal. But I think every generation wants to make their mark. And I think that's why it's so easy to fall into crypto is because it's just different enough and it's just tech savvy enough. And being as I'm in that age group that was right on that breaking point between having the internet and not having the internet and growing up and watching how quickly technology can go from that crazy bowl-shaped looking iPhone 
to now I got an iPad Pro that's just like, wow, this is bananas to me. Crypto fell falls directly in that, oh, this is different. It's high tech and I can make my mark on the world. It's just easy to kind of fall into. And then once you really start to figure out what's trying, which was what we're trying to do here, and that is make a new currency system that takes time, that takes organization, structure. It takes a, a lot of things on a very human level that go beyond technology. That's what I think those people in. I'm skeptical still. I'm, I've, I, I was, you know, all on board back in 16, 17 ICOs, you know, the, the Porsches and Lamborghinis, Mona Lisa's on the blockchain, tokenizing gold, you know, the whole nine. It's like that. Like, there's some brilliant, brilliant ideas out there in the blockchain space. The the thing is, besides Bitcoin, and I'm not a maxi by any means, people want to huddle, people want to invest, people want, you know, it to go up to moon or whatever. And that's that's basically it. But I don't I just don't see I don't understand how this is going to play out in a currency version. Bitcoin, I get it. You know, some of these investments, I get it. You want to put some money and hedge against the Fed, against the banks, against the stock market and, you know, diversify in a different way than we have been before. Yes, I get it. But I think like Apple, Visa, Google, you know, all these people are, are going into the into the currency markets that are just they're going to they're going to kill it. They're going to absolutely kill it. But why do you need this as a currency? Why do you need a Bitcoin or a Litecoin to try to transact? Unless you're worried about the government falling, that's the only reason you're going to put that money into Bitcoin or, or Litecoin. I think you're absolutely right. I think I think you, you hit the nail on the head, too, about the Visa and Apple and Google like slowly whittling their way into providing currencies. That that writing is on the wall. And Bitcoin and Litecoin and these cryptos that are detached from that and quote unquote decentralized just become a hedge and become an alternate way to have value that those systems don't necessarily correlate to or with or Maybe it just becomes an investment, a high speed investment, futuristic, I guess. The difference between the Visa and the Googles and the Apples, as you mentioned, is that those three companies are essentially just going to be the same pig with new makeup on because the Fed is already a bunch of fucking private banks. I mean, they're going to have that government blessing. Yes, it's the same pig with new lipstick on, like you said, because it has government blessing. If Bitcoin has government ble- blessing, it's going to be the same thing. As you said, They're going the, the, the Treasury is going to go in there and take the miners. The government's going to have the tools to track and audit and stop your Bitcoin payments if you if they need to, uh, one way or the other. If it's the on it might not be the blockchain, but it might it will be your on and off ramps or your ways to, to purchase, they will get your Amazon, they will get your Apple, they will get your whatever else you're trying to buy with that Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. Apple, Google, and these other payment systems, they know the problems. They know we want to send globally. They know we want fast transactions. They know we want to use our money the way we want to use our money. Now they're just making ways for us to do that and track us globally. So we have that already. It's all going to be the same anyway. All the things that we need to do now is figure out how Bitcoin is going to be stable in the future. Is it going to be an actual good investment? And how how long can we hodl before we sell? Bitcoin gains more and more purchasing power over time. It's designed to use it to purchase things. What's the point of just putting money in a box and just keeping it there? No, you build wealth to spend it on stuff. I think at the end of the day, my only argument is that there's going to be some cryptocurrency that gets the legal tender definition that ultimately wins. And Bitcoin and Litecoin and this, that and the other are just going to be really, really awesome hedges. It seems as though that everybody who has this conversation ends up agreeing in in the long run because we just honestly all don't trust the government. 
Yeah, yeah. I have some mistrust for the government for obvious reasons. (laughs) Obvious reasons? What's the obvious reason? I don't know, man. Have you turned on the news lately here in state? Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) You know going on? There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. You hear my voice cracking? Because it's like like nervous. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Nervous. And and, and that's the end of this show because I'm not starting this whole other st- show now. We're going in here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. <laughs> hey, D, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. And in crypto news, the lawsuit against Craig Wright, the self-proclaimed inventor of Bitcoin, insists that he owes half of his 1.1 million Bitcoin cash to his late partner's David Kleiman's estate. Alleged 1.1 million Bitcoin cash, by the way. Florida Southern District Court granted the motion filed by Craig Wright and Ira Kleiman to postpone the trial. The case is now set for January 4th, 2021. If everybody's paying attention, mark it in your calendars. January 4th, 2021. Crypto Futures Exchange's BitMEX adds Chainlink and Tezos. BitMEX is adding two new altcoins to its exchange, Chainlink and Tezos. Kind of like just what I just said. Oh, I love how news articles read. Altcoin futures volumes have exploded across rival exchanges and BitMEX wants a piece. The exchange is also adding two trading pairs for coins already listed. And to quench your thirst for curiosity of exchange 24-hour Bitcoin futures trading volume, well, Huobi takes the top spot at $6.64 billion in 24-hour trading volume, followed by Binance at 6.3, OKX 5.8, BitMEX at a little over $4 billion, and so on and so forth. The other people, I'm not even reading you. We can see by BitMEX lagging behind by $1.9 billion in trading volume makes them really think about what they're doing, wondering how to collect them fees and how to make that cash. Why not add Chainlink and Tezos? And here's some news I've been waiting for. I'm just surprised it took this long to come out. Hester Pierce, also known as Crypto Mom, says decentralized finance is going to cause the SEC to sit down and ask some serious fundamental questions about regulations. Duh. Stephen Pally, advisor to the block, tweeted, most so-called governance tokens are probably securities. That's the tweet. Crypto Mom, aka Hester Pierce, wait, I'm sorry, Hester Pierce, aka Crypto Mom, believes that regulators should be pretty much hands-off with oversight on cryptocurrencies and would like Americans to have better access to cryptocurrencies. However, my two cents, my two cents, my two cents, come on now. We saw it with ICOs (laughs) and we see it with DeFi. No rhyme or reason for yam, sushi coin, kimchi coin. Come on, guys. We have to look at this. People are going to lose their shit. Let's look into it. And here is another duh article. China moves away from the US dollar ahead of the digital yuan. China is reducing its exposure to the US dollar amidst fears of massive inflation. I wonder why. Could it have anything to do with the $6.5 trillion that were printed by the Fed over this past couple months because of the pandemic? I don't I don't think so. No, no. China is reducing its exposure to the US dollar amid fears of massive inflation. The country has sold over $109 billion worth of U.S. bonds in the first half of 2020, and is predicted that China is likely to reduce its holdings of U.S. Treasury bonds to under $800 billion from its current level of more than a trillion dollars. The upcoming digital yuan is a contender to the U.S. dollar's long-held global dominance. And just a reminder from a conversation I had earlier this week, when inflation happens, people are looking at stability for their money. And what could that mean? Gold, assets, 
real estate, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrencies. Again, let's pay attention to the news. Keep listening to this podcast to see how this develops over the next couple of months. What does the U.S. dollar do and how does that compare to other assets, gold, real estate, cryptocurrencies, and so on and so forth? We'll be keeping an eye on this subject. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Remember, like, subscribe, share, and leave me a nice comment in there telling me something about this podcast, something about what we do here, telling people, explaining why you listen to this show. It helps people have the confidence to subscribe and start listening to the Decrypt Daily daily. Have a great weekend. And if we see more losses, don't panic. Don't panic. Grab yourself a Coke and a smile. And I'll see you back on Monday. Happy hodling, everybody.